He hoped it had been a clean death. Hugh Hall placed his feet with exaggerated care on the mud-caked slope and gripped the shoulder of his young guide as he slid down the embankment. The thought of dealing with blood or a wound made Hall's stomach churn. He preferred his dead to be clean and laid out in the proper form, ready to pass on to their eternal rest with dignity and respect. Not curled up in a twisted heap or blue and stiff with their limbs askew and eyes staring. Hall shivered in the damp spring air. Death before breakfast was tiresome. Where did you say Coburn passed? Hall asked. The white-haired woodcutter's death was no surprise. His hacking cough rasped off the garden croft's walls each time he rolled his cart past the old stone building on his way to the manor. Not so far now, father. Thomas Clopton tugged his woollen cap lower over his greasy blond hair inwardly cursing the slow pace of the priest. A cock crowed, the sound raucous, even at a distance. The pair passed the laneway that marked the edge of the manor. The estate spread much wider, encompassing fallow fields and woodland. The manor's owner and Hall's patron was one of the largest landholders in Warwickshire, holding claim over a significant part of the gentle rolling slopes of the Midlands the farms, pastures and the broken patchwork forest that was once the primeval forest of Arden. It was under his protection and influence that Hall was able to maintain his secretive profession as a Catholic priest. Thomas, I thought Master Coburn's place was east of the road. Are we astray? Hall could see a thin trickle of smoke rising over the copse. Thomas glanced back. He isn't at home, father. Not far now. Just ahead, he said in an encouraging tone. The second son of one of the manor's tenant farmers, he was a thin and reedy youth with a consumptive pallor and nervous hands. Even after two years of attending clandestine services at the manor, Thomas remained ill at ease speaking with the priest. Hall carried a small leather bag containing the necessities of his profession. He avoided the traditional priest's garb. To be found with Catholic vestments was tantamount to a death sentence. Thomas led Hall down the rutted dirt road, deftly avoiding the soft, glutinous mud patches that were all that remained of the previous day's rain. The verge was covered with a scattering of thin grass stalks and sedge, mixed with flowering sorrel and stitchwort. The air smelled wet and cool and green in the morning, redolent with the early blooming plants. From the meadow, a rabbit regarded the two passing men with wary eyes before resuming his breakfast of clover. Thomas veered off the roadway onto a narrow sloping footpath that wound precipitously around the edge of a low hill, passing through a thick, tangled hedgerow and into a straggling oak wood. The tumbled stone ruins of a small Benedictine monastery, abandoned for the last two hundred-odd years, stood hard on the forest edge. Only a handful of the larger stones remained, marking the broken walls, the rest having been appropriated by locals for building materials and fireplaces. The priest was huffing by the time they reached the oaks and paused to catch his breath. Hall straightened and silently cursed what was becoming an irritating cross-country odyssey. The next time, he vowed to himself, they can bring the body to the road where the man can be shriven with some degree of decency and ease instead of having to slog through the spring mud.